Welcome to Belong Church, and we're so glad you're along with us, and I'm Pastor Kevin, and I feel like I kind of need to introduce myself because it's been three weeks since I actually got to give the message, but I was so excited for us to have our overseers and for Pastor Tad Matthews from Church on the Rock in Palmetto and Pastor Joe Cadena from Centro Vida Nueva, and they're both overseers. They're, Pastor Joe is from Bradenton, Florida, excuse me, and they're both overseers of our church, and of course, last week, Lenore did such a great job for Father. Day, and I know everyone enjoys seeing her and hearing from her as much as I do. In fact, I always get more responses when she does something than when I do something. It's the same way if I go into a restaurant or someplace where they know me. If she's with me, I'm kicked to the curb, and I don't blame you. I agree 100% with you. And the worship we just opened up with, I also want to give a special shout out to Highlands um, Worship Team, and they prepared this. I've mentioned this a couple of times for all the churches that are in need of canned worship, if you will. So this, that was actually the Highlands, Church of the Highlands worship team that you just saw there. And that last song, The King of Glory, filled this place. And I just love that song. In fact, it's one of my two most favorite songs right now. It's probably number one, I have to be honest with you. And I just love that song, particularly the part where it says, I just want to be with you. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's just a great great, inspiring. It just makes me smile when I think about it. Well, the title of my message today, I'm going to reveal a little bit later, but I want to talk about that we all face difficulties. In fact, all of us do. In fact, it's the most common of which it, it's, it's all in our mind. In fact, it's been said that 90% of the things that we worry about actually never come to pass. But that doesn't stop it from trying to consume us. Thinking about the coronavirus, and, and I was exposed to someone two weeks ago now that um, texted positive for corona. So immediately when you hear you came in contact with somebody, and I went into a 14-day quarantine, and here we are, I'm past that, and the results will be in probably tomorrow or the next day, and we'll find out that I'm completely clear. I have no symptoms. I'm not having any issues. I believe I don't have it, but you have to go in quarantine, and just the fact of going going into quarantine from being in contact with somebody makes your mind go a little crazy. All of a sudden, you start feeling things that you didn't feel before. The same way if you're talking about somebody and they start describing something, all of a sudden, you start feeling that same thing. Our mind is a powerful, powerful thing. In fact, it made me start thinking about a, a, a teaching, a small group study that I was a part of and vicariously through Lenore and, and at a church in Florida that we were with. And it was through Joyce Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind. And I want you to see just a short excerpt of it, and I'm going to talk about it more in one second, if you will turn your attention to the screen. There's a battle that rages in the mind. The mind is the battleground where Satan tries his level best to take control of our lives. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came, and I'm so glad he did. I came that you might have and enjoy your life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Every one of you has a blood-bought, Christ-paid-for, God-ordained right to enjoy every single moment of your life. We are not here for misery. We are here to enjoy our lives. Amen? 
And the devil doesn't want us doing that. He doesn't want happy Christians because happy Christians are likely to infect other people with their joy. As long as all the world sees is sad, saved people with bumper stickers and a little Christian jewelry, it doesn't say a thing to them as far as suggesting that they might consider wanting what we have. So whether you know it or not, joy is not only, doesn't only just feel good, it's very necessary. It's the best advertisement that we can have for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Especially when you can go out and be happy when maybe all your circumstances aren't happy. So the devil didn't just start to work on any one of us yesterday or this morning. He's been at it a long, long time. But we have weapons. Thank God that we have weapons. And Thank God we have weapons. I love that. Because we do have weapons as Christians. Because the, the battle that goes on and rages inside our mind is never going to stop. I enjoy watching military shows a lot, like SEAL Team. In fact, I just kind of finished and caught up to, to date with where it's at. And I just love to see the different strategies that are going on. And, and this one's over here, and this one's over here. And things could change the entire way of life and living based on how one battle or one skirmish is going to come out. In fact, my favorite class when I was in school was taught on the Civil War. And my coach was the, the teacher, and he did such an amazing job job describing it. Couldn't wait to get to class. And as soon as it was over, it's like, oh man, I don't want to leave it. And how he talked about this general had this strategy and how this one did this and how they came down here and, and just the, the ways that it all came back to be what we know now. Can I say it like this? Every good story has a strategy. This one over here has these plans, and this one on the other side has their plans, and there's secrecy, and there's double agents, and, and another one of my favorite books to read growing up is the CIA and the KGB, and the fact they're on my bookshelf right now, and I just love to hear all the different things and how they plotted, and, they thought, and they're going to try and get something on somebody, and we'll be talking about that in a few um, weeks coming up. It's, uh, something is kind of building up inside of me, and, and the, the things that are there, but see, there's none of... Nothing about that is new. That has been around as long as the earth has. Look with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. And we've looked at this before, but we're going to look at it again. And I want to paint a picture for you. Starting with verse 8, it says, The king of Aram was at war with Israel. So here we have two different nations at war. So the Israel is over here, and they're fighting against Aram, the king. So the two are coming back. And look at this. And he talked over the king of Aram over things with his officers. And he says, I'm going to set up my camp in a certain place. So they're over here strategizing. They're in their war room and they've got their maps laid out and they've got everything. Laid, and the king has said, okay, this is where, put, imagine with me, he's putting an X on the map. This is where we're going to go. Verse nine. Elisha, the man of God, sent a message to the king of Israel. Elisha said, try and stay away from, and he's describing where that exits, where that place, because Aram's army is going to be down there. Now that's just amazing that the, the, the man of God is getting an, a word of knowledge from God himself about what is being said in that war room. And he's, he's always one step ahead. 
Verse 10, the king of Israel checked out on the place the man of God had told him about. And time after time, look at that, time after time, Elisha warned the king. So the king was on guard in those places. He's one step ahead of them. Verse 11, all of this made the king of Aram very angry. Now, can you imagine? They're over there strategizing. They got this big plan, and they're trying to get it all worked out, and they got this, and every time they're getting defeated because they're prepared for them. It's like, how in the world do they know we're coming? So he sent for his officers, and he said to them, expecting there's a double agent, there's somebody in there, there's betrayals, there's all this stuff. He's, he's got this stuff going on in his mind. He goes, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. In other words, he's saying, listen, everything that we talk about in this room is now being revealed over here, and they're one step ahead of us all the time. It's got to be somebody in this room. Now, that's not un unlike today's wars. We have double agents. We have all these different things that are going on, and there's a struggle always going on, and we're always wondering, how are they getting this information? Verse 12. You are my king and master, said one of his officers. None of us is on Israel's side. But Elisha is a prophet of Israel. He tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in your own bedroom. In other words, he doesn't have it bugged, but God has got your number and he knows what's going on. And God is telling him even what you're saying in your bedroom. Verse 13, the king says, go and find out where he is. And I love the, the, the narcissism and the, the self-popped-upness popped up, popped of, of this king because if God is telling him what is being said in his bedroom and all these different things, how in the world do you not think that he's going to tell him that you're coming for him? That just doesn't make any sense to me. People can be really stupid sometimes. Go and find out where he is, the king ordered. Then I will send my men and capture him. How do you think that's going to work out for you? The report came back and the officer said, he's in Dothan, verse 14. Then the king, look at this, sent horses and chariots and a strong army there for one man. <laughs> this horses and chariots and a strong army for one man. They were there. They went there at night and surrounded the city. Here they go, and they, they just pour, pour all the way around this. This huge, great army is surrounding the entire thing. Verse 15. Now, the servant of the man of God, so this is Elisha's servant, got up the next morning, and he went out early. Can't you see him there with his cup of coffee? He's kind of yawning. He's got bad head. And he, well, you know, I don't have hair, but you know what I'm saying. He was sitting there, and he's kind of scratching his head, and as he opens his eyes, he sees an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my master, he says. What can we do? And to him, this is the end of the road. Man, here we've been telling all this stuff all along the way, but now they're surrounding us. Man, they have come after us. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet Elisha answered. Look at this. Those who are with us are more than those that are with him. Now, I'll just time out and pause. Do you think that was true in their natural eyesight? It's Elisha 
and his servant and an army of chariots and, and, and all these soldiers and they've got the whole entire city surrounded. But isn't that just like you and I? There's so many times that there's things that we just look in our natural eyes and go, there's no way this is going to work out. And yet a man of faith can say, oh, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. In fact, in Romans 8.31, it says, Since God is on our side, who can be against us? Let me tell you, you want God on your side. You want God telling you, hey, you need to go to the right instead of the left, or you need to go over here, or hey, pause, whoa, hold on, but continue on with our story. Verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open my servant's eyes so that he can see. Now, I don't believe Elisha saw any more than the servant did, but his faith was just through the roof. Then the Lord opened his eyes, and Elisha's servant looked up and saw the hills, and he saw Elisha was surrounded by horses and chariots made of fire. See, they may have surrounded the city, but Elisha is surrounded by horses and chariots made by fire. See, those are angels. Those are protection. This is a host from God's heaven that's sent down to keep them safe. Verse 18, Aram's army came down towards Elisha. Then he, Elisha, prayed to the Lord, make the soldiers blind. Now, we just saw there's a host of angels. He could have said, God, will y'all just take care of them? Just, you know, just whatever. And, and that would have been, psh, 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 and they would take it all out. But no, that's not what, he, he, he wanted to have some fun. I, I just love the humor and the, and, and it's not sarcasm in this case, but it's so funny to me. He, Lord said, uh, Elisha said, make them blind. So the Lord made them blind. Verse 19. So Elisha then went out to them. Uh, hey guys this isn't the right road and you're not even in the right city, but follow me and I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. Isn't that stinking hilarious? And then he let, why in the world would you follow somebody when you're all of a sudden blind and you don't know where you think you're in the right place and some dude just comes up and starts talking to you. Okay, stranger danger, hello. Why would you do that? But they did and he led them to Samaria. In fact, he led them to the king of Israel. Now, they're all in there. Now, they're surrounded by all of the king and all their... And Elisha says, hey, you can read the rest of the story. We're not going to continue on through there. But he says, Lord, open their eyes. And now they're going, ah! Now, because now they're surrounded. Reminds me of a song that I also love. It's surrounded and fight my battles. And you'll see a link to it on our Facebook page. And, And it's, I love that. It says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but God, I'm actually surrounded by you. My message to you today is about being surrounded. Because if you feel like you're surrounded and, and everybody's against you, can I tell you, when God's on your side, it may look like I'm surrounded, but God, I'm surrounded and I'm protected by you. But you see, this isn't a one-off. It's a theme in the Bible. In fact, in Psalm 23, most people have this embroidered on their pillows or on their wall, and it's read at every funeral pretty much. And in the middle of verse 4, it says, even though, okay, here we go, even though, it's true, it's a fact, even though I walk through the darkest valley, sometimes things look really, really dark. 
Sometimes things don't look like they're going to work out at all. I will not be afraid. The next screen. Yeah, there. I will not be afraid. Why? Because you are with me. Can I tell you that you can go through the darkest valley and you cannot be afraid as well. Why? Because God is with you. If God's on your side, how can anybody be against you? How can anybody supersede God? He can't. Verse 5 says, you prepare a place for me. You prepare a feast for me right in front of my enemies. Most people want to go hide to eat, and God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to let them see that I'm the one taking care of you. In fact, in the Message Bible, it says, you serve me in a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. See, God's got your back. Psalms 91.11 says, the Lord will command his angels to take good care of you. So how does this apply to me, and how does this help me? Ephesians 6, verse 12 says, our fight, look at this, we do have a fight. And and there are things that we're going to struggle with. Our fight, though, isn't against human beings. But it is against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of the darkness. It's against spiritual forces of evil. But can I go back to Romans 8, where we just looked at verse 31. Since God is on our side, who can be against us? Continuing on, God did not spare his own son here. Man, this is the greatest part of this entire message. He gave him up for us all. Why did he do that? Because he loves us so much. I love the next screen. Who will bring any charge against his chosen ones? The previous verse said, then won't he freely give us everything else. And I love that word, freely give us. So let me ask you today, what are you in need of? Do you need peace in your life? Do you need sanity? Is your mind going a little wonkers a little bit? Are you sleeping well? Do you need to sleep? Do you need relief from anxiety? Again, I'll say that's the number one thing I hear from people. Verse 33, who can bring a charge against God's chosen one? God makes us right with himself. How does he do that? He takes us from this world over to his world. Verse 34, we talk about all the time. Then who can sentence us to death? No one. Christ Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also praying for us. He died. More than that, he was raised to life. Verse 35, so who can separate us from Christ's love? Can trouble or hard times or harm or hunger or can nakedness or danger or war? See, all those things may happen, but it can't separate you from God. But let's go back to Ephesians. I know I'm bouncing around. It's on purpose. Back to Ephesians 6, but a few verses before. Finally, okay, so all of this now to wrap up to here, the Apostle Paul saying in Ephesians, finally... Let the Lord make you strong. Can I tell you, that's a great message for every single one of us, whether you're still checking it out to say, man, I don't know about this Christianity thing. I don't know about church. I don't know about all this stuff. Or you've been in church all of your life. Let the Lord be what's making you strong. How? By depending on his mighty power. 
Next verse says, put on all of God's armor. You need to let God help you. Let him make you strong. And how does he do that? By you putting on his armor. He doesn't put it on for you. You have to. Look at the next verse. Or the next thing. Then you can remain strong. That word then is conditional. We don't talk very often in the church about conditions in the Bible. But can I tell you that if you don't do putting on the armor of God, then the rest of this stuff isn't going to happen for you. Then you're not going to be strong. Then you're not going to have freedom. You're not, you have to follow the plan. Let the Lord strengthen you, and this is how. Next verse says, because our fight, we looked at this a second ago, is not against human beings. It's against the rulers. It's against the spiritual forces. Continuing on. So put on. All of God's armor. Don't just uh, do one. Don't do two. Do it all. Why? Because evil days will come. It's not that, hey, I accepted Christ in my life, so I'm never going to have a problem anymore. Listen, Jack, you're going to probably have more problems than you had before. We're going to all face difficulties. We're all going to have those other things listed before where it says all these things, can they keep you? No, they may come, but they're not going to keep you but you may be able to stand up against. Why is that? Because you will be able to stand when you put on God's armor. If you put on his armor. Verse 14. So remain strong in the faith and put on the, truth, the belt of truth around your waist and put on the armor of godliness on your chest and wear, your feet, wear on your feet what will prepare you to tell the good news of peace. Also pick up the shield of faith with it, you can put out the flaming arrows of the evil one and put on the helmet of salvation and take up the sword of the spirit. That is God's word. Verse 18, at all times, pray. All the time, pray. You got, you got something going on in your, in your life that you need help with? Pray. And maybe you don't know what to pray, and that's why we have a prayer guide. And it's on our website. You can go download it if you want to, or you can send us a message, and we will send you one out in booklet form. But all throughout here, it gives all the different things and all the different instructions and tells you how to pray the scriptures. Now, all these different situations that you could find yourself in, what to pray. Praying all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds of prayers in the prayer book. There's all kinds of prayers in the Bible, but we've made it simple for you. Pray all kinds of prayer. Be watchful so you can pray. I broke that, that one up a lot, but look at this. At all times, pray. Pray all kinds of prayer, but, but be watchful. Keep your mind open and, and looking and be alert. I know the shows I'm watching, hey, keep your head on a swivel. Look at all these things. Be ready so you can pray. Keep praying for all of God's people. 2 Corinthians 10 says, we destroy arguments. What? What does that mean? This is the argument that's going on in your mind. This isn't an argument you're having with someone else and you're going to destroy them with your argument. No, this is what's going on in our own mind. Remember we talked about the battlefield of the mind. 
We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. Look at this. It's raised against the knowledge of God. Can I tell you there are arguments that go on in our head and there are lofty opinions that I'm better than they are. And all these things, they're raised against the knowledge of God. It's raised against what God would want you to do. Let me say it like that. That's why we're going to have a small group coming up, and we're going to do the same thing. I I showed you the excerpt of of, um, Joyce Myers because we're going to do this, and Lenore's going to lead it, and it's going to be amazing. We're working out the details, but if you will, just send a text, and the information, we're going to talk about it next week and tell you exactly what it is to do and how to sign up for it, and we'll be giving more information. We're going to do a Zoom call so you'll be able to watch the video and have the interaction. We're going to have all that worked out for you next week. But why is that? Because we have to destroy the arguments and the lofty opinions that are raised up against the knowledge. And the last part, taking every thought captive. See, we have to look at every thought that comes into our head. We we have to go and look at it and judge it against them. Because can I tell you something? You can be surrounded in your thoughts. All these thoughts of all these negativities and all these other things, or what about this? Remember I said in the beginning, there's 90% of the thoughts that you have and the things you worry about never even happen. They can surround you in your thoughts. So what do I do with that? Here's an action step. Realize if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do this. Number one, The battle is in your mind. It is something that is between these two ears that is going on that nobody else can see. But there's a battle going on. You have to recognize, number one, where that battle is. Number two, you have to sentry your thoughts captive. What does that mean? You have to set up a guard, a sentry, somebody that's standing there. And if you're watching the SEAL team with me, they're sending them with all these bad guns, you know, they can do all these crazy things with. And you, they're set up sentries like nobody's getting through here unless you go through me. And you're taking those thoughts that come in because they're not all from God. And even the ones I have myself, uh, th- those don't need to come in either. Okay? We've got to take those thoughts captive. And next, I had to put on the armor provided by a relationship with God. Like we just looked at in Ephesians 6, the, all these different things that will help me to walk the right way with God. But can I say it another way? Use the knowledge gained from reading the Bible to judge your thoughts. Because these thoughts are going to come in against us. They're going to attack us. We have to use what we're reading in the Bible, even just reading the one-year Bible every day, is going to make a change in your life. Use knowledge gained from reading the Bible to judge your thoughts. Please bow your heads. Talked about how relationship, and there's protection in that relationship, but it's conditional. So if you're not in that relationship, can I suggest to you there's no protection? You can't put on the armor if you haven't surrendered your life to God. And surrender simply means giving up doing it your way and saying, God, I want you to show me the direction you want me to go. It isn't a whole bunch of lists of rules of do's and don'ts. It's just saying, God, show me the way you want me to live.
If you don't do that, you can continue fighting your battles by yourself, all alone. And then when you're surrounded, you will likely keep having failures. But Jesus came to protect you. Not only to pay for your and my sin so we don't have to, but, but he came to give you protection and to give you a better life that I always talk about. So today I want to invite you to begin or maybe come back to have a journey of faith, a, a journey of being persuaded of how good God is. I invite you to give God a chance, not religion, not church, but a relationship. If that's you today, I want you to simply say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I want to entrust my life to you. I want to know you. Right now, I choose to give up doing it my way. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. And I receive new life. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe it's coming back another time. Maybe, like when I was growing up, maybe they prayed this prayer every week, and that's okay. You meet us right where we're at. Thank you, Lord, that all of heaven is rejoicing over every single one. Father, we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Now, if you made that decision, I want to invite you to take a next step, and that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. And no one's going to show up at your house. You're not going to get a free loaf of bread. It's just going to be a way for us to communicate with you and let you know what your next step are if you'd like to do that. And I'd like to encourage you to invite somebody to take this journey with us. And I know there's a whole lot of new people that are joining in with us. And, and I was talking to several of them along the way in the last several weeks. I haven't got to talk to you, but welcome. We're so glad you're here. And we're so excited that you're taking this journey with us. But invite somebody to take this journey with you because we're always better together. If you will, watch toward the end. and You'll see ways you can give and connect. We'll see you next week.